Welcome to the Truly Missed Podcast. I'm Candace, and each week I'll tell you about underreported missing people of color. All people of color must be vigilant in reporting crimes and evidence to help bring back loved ones when possible and give closure when it is impossible. This week's case is happening in real time, and all of this information has come from the Facebook group and pages directly from the people involved. All of these names, except for Forrest's names, are Facebook names, so they may not be the actual names of these people. I didn't include the full Facebook names either because I don't promote harassment or doxing. When you do your own research, the actual names very well may be different. The point of this, though, is that we are looking for a missing man, so only relevant information has been included. This week, we are looking for Forrest Lewis. Please note that most of this timeline comes from the Finding Forrest Lewis Facebook group. I did a little more digging and I have added some details from the other pages from some of the people involved. Forrest Lewis was last seen on November 24th on Bonanza Street in Aubrey, Texas. Aubrey is a suburb of Dallas about an hour north. Shortly before 8.30, he's seen on video on Snapchat, standing, walking normally, but he does appear to have had a few drinks. Not excessively, though. According to his girlfriend, he started to get rowdy. Forrest was with his girlfriend, Bree, and her mom and her mom's boyfriend at their house. Bree claims that he was drunk and yelling and he sounded disoriented. Shortly after 8.30, Bree says that she puts him in the passenger seat of the car and then she goes back inside to gather their belongings and some leftovers. About five minutes later, Bree's mom goes outside to check on Forrest. He yells at her, seemingly confused, and allegedly drives off. Bree is also commenting on another post that all three of them took him to the car. But her final story was that the mom went to check on him and then she came back in the house exclaiming that Forrest was gone in Bree's car. She then claims that she called him numerous times but that his phone was dead. Around 8.40, she texts another friend about Forrest just taking off. They had had plans to meet up later that evening. A few minutes later, the friend texts her back asks her what's going on. Bree and her mom leave the mom's house to drive the route that Forrest would have taken to get home and saw no sign of him. She stated that he had a car charger, so he should have charged his phone by now, but he hadn't done that. He did not take his wallet or his other belongings with him because they were in his jacket. The only thing he had at the time was his phone. A neighbor's camera from a couple of doors down shows Forrest's car leaving, but there's a second car directly behind him, and it seems that he's being followed when he's leaving the girlfriend's house. Since the camera is several houses down, it doesn't show him getting in or out the car, just what direction that the car left in. I saw this video. It's a little difficult to see uh, exactly what type of car it is in this video, but uh, for argument's sake, we'll, we'll say it's him. He lived on Field Crossing Street. That's also in Aubrey, so Bree just assumed that he'd made it home since she didn't find him anywhere on the route. A little after 9.30, the friend talks to Bree and then heads to meet up with her to look for Forrest. Around 10, they drive the route again and don't find any sign of him. When asked, Bree says her mom's camera don't work, so they wouldn't have picked up anything. Bree just yesterday, on November 27th, stated that she was waiting for the people that lived across from her to come home so she can see if they had caught anything on their camera. He's been missing since the 24th. She did, however, file a missing persons report for him on the 25th once she didn't hear back from him. A woman had cameras that may have captured Forrest near her office, but she commented that the cameras don't face the street. She definitely did express concern for Forrest. Hopefully, some of the stores or businesses along this route were able to capture him that night.
A couple of stores are actually reviewing footage at the time of this recording. The last video he was seen in is on Snapchat around 8.30 on that evening, and he did not appear that drunk. Many commenters have pointed out the discrepancies in police stories as well. She's already told several versions of what happened with Forrest, and that was less than a week ago from this recording. Her mother has deactivated all social media presence. Two days before Forrest goes missing, Bree shares a few posts that honestly made me feel a little uneasy. Rome Report says, I just want y'all to know if I ever go missing, look for me. I would never leave my kids. I mean, never. I would never just disappear for days and not talk to my best friends and sisters. I talk to them daily. Please, please, please always look for me. It's just so much going on. I just want to make a PSA. I'm never going to leave my kids willingly. I promise. To this repost, she responds, I would never disappear. A lot of people have my location. My mama's gonna find me before anyone else and realize I'm missing. She crazy as hell. She mentions her mom's name, and then she says she's gonna know I'm missing before I know I'm missing. And she follows that up with a laughing emotion. Now, given the circumstances, I don't feel that I was in good taste to leave that up, but it's not my page. In the past few days, Bree has reposted the missing alerts from the Finding Forest Facebook group. It is unknown if she is cooperating with the police, but she has assisted in some searches. In another set of comments before Elaine's mom deactivated her page, she responded to someone asking about the Mercedes Lojack system and why she hadn't contacted them. For those of you who don't know, a low jack is just sort of a tracking system. She says, quote, they begged me not to, and it's a 2015, so it's unable to be tracked. Again, until you know the truth, come help or keep quiet, end quote. I don't know who begged her not to track the car, but that is definitely something she should have did day one. Searches begin around 8 a.m. on November 27th in Little Elm, Texas. The family is currently pushing for Forrest to receive a clear alert, which is, which is the adult version of the Amber Alert. We know how these things tend to take time when it's a person of color. So it's important as many people get involved as possible and apply pressure to the agencies that can put out this alert. Little Elm and Arbery, since they sit so close, reporting to either source would be great. There's a lot of open area in Arbery and Little Elm, and there's also Lake Louisville that sits off one of the main roads. I am sort of familiar with this area, and there is a lot of unpaved back roads, and in some areas there aren't any street lights yet, so without your headlights, it would just be pitch black. Most of these roads in these areas are one-way in and one-way out. Most of the main roads lead directly to paid toll roads, so there would have been a record if he had gotten on either one of them to try to leave out of town. He left Bonanza Street at 8.35. His car is last seen at 8.55 near Fish Trap and Oak Grove Parkway. The unfortunate thing about these searches, though, is that there was heavy rainfall on Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, as well as the day after. So if he did run off the road into an area that can't be seen from the main road, the tracks are most likely gone. But honestly, if he were on Fish Trap, disoriented in any way, leaving that house, he wouldn't have gotten very far. Like I said, I've driven this road and there aren't any barriers along the street or sidewalks. There's a lot of construction over near where Fish Trap Road is on some of the other roads. So you would be able to see if his car was stalled on the side of, you would be able to see it very clearly. And around 8.30, there's still usually a fair amount of traffic that uses this road fish trap because it leads to two of the other main roads. If he took fish trap and he got out of town, there's no way he was disoriented or drunk. 
his disappearance as in him leaving on his own accord it just doesn't make sense not in the incoherent state that he was in according to Bree. there's no way he got down fish trap without incident or without somebody seeing him someone did say that they were almost hit by an suv making a u-turn as i stated before it's pitch black so they could have mistaken the truck that they saw for forrest's truck but it might not have been plus he didn't take his wallet and he didn't make it home. He was actually only 17 minutes away from his home. He had his charger, but he never plugged his phone in. And since there's no footage of him getting in the car and his car has such a dark tint, you really don't know under what circumstances he left Elaine's home. He may not have left on his own accord. He may not have left at all. We truly don't know yet, but I do have high hopes for finding answers in this case. And since people don't realize that posting on social media leaves a digital trail, I'm sure that the answer is sure to be discovered and it's right in plain sight. The family has asked that people stop blaming Bree and her family. It's not as important as finding Forrest. And I agree with that. With that being said, I'll leave my speculations for an update episode because we don't have all the facts. There is a slim possibility that he left willingly. He's an adult. So the likelihood of anyone having access to his banking information other than the police is almost little to none. Since we don't know when his banking was accessed last, we don't know when's the last time he pulled money out. I personally have a couple of different forms of ID, so if I needed to use an ID and grab cash without going back home to have to leave town, I'm pretty sure that I could do that without ever going back home. I don't think that's what happened, but I always try to look at things in more than one way. As I stated before, I've only repeated relevant information that creates the timeline that we have for the night that he vanished. This was a stressful night for everybody, so maybe some of the details and the timeline that Bree stated are incorrect or slightly off. We we really won't know. Um, let's hope that his iPhone's location was still on and tracking him after he last seen, because most of the newer phones have that feature. And uh, this may be one of the few ways to find him. Hopefully, he's not hurt. His missing flyer reads, he's 30 years old, 6'2", 200 pounds. He has brown hair and brown eyes. Horace was last seen wearing gray sweatpants, Nike shoes, a brown long sleeve shirt. His primary address is on Field Crossing Road in Aubrey, Texas. He's driving a 2015 black Mercedes GLK. The license plate reads PZJ5080. It has a rhinestone license plate cover and a rhinestone wheel cover. It has a chain hanging from the rear view mirror. The passenger side mirror backing is coming off. Windows are tinted. The back windows are tinted darker than the front windows. Circumstances around him leaving have the family concerned for his well-being. Forrest also does have severe asthma and requires an inhaler, which he also does not have with him. If you have any information at all, you can contact the Little Elm Police Department at 214-975-0460. I will put the case number down in the show notes. If you have a tip, you can text the Aubrey Police Department at 940-349-1699. You can also contact the Texas Amber Alert system so we can get this clear alert uh, out so more people can be looking for him at 832-269-2553. And I'll also put an email for the Texas Amber Alert system down in the show notes as well and on my social media. The uh, admin for the Finding Forrest Lewis Facebook page um, also has some contact information at putmefirst.org. This is an organization that is currently heading up the physical searches for him in Aubrey. 
This case is so fresh, so as the details unfold, I will provide updates on both Facebook and Instagram pages for the show. There are a lot of holes in the story and there are a lot of missing pieces. Regardless of what it seemed like, nobody actually just vanishes. Luckily, in 2022, technology is on our side. There is a record of that phone that the police can access, but it doesn't happen overnight like on TV. Most phones do have a feature on it that can find when it's off, so on a brighter note, I'm optimistic. I'm really shocked at the response in the group trying to find him. There are over a thousand people looking for him right now. We still need more. I have provided a link for the Facebook page so you can join the group and you can follow along in real time as well. Many civilians are out looking for Forrest right as I record this episode. It's comforting to know that there are still good people that are willing to help just because it's the right thing to do. Loved ones and strangers alike are forming search parties and doing what they can to help bring Forrest home. I can't physically be out searching, but hopefully that this episode helped. I'd also like to thank Candace G for her assistance in researching with this episode. You can follow this show on Instagram at Truly Miss Podcasts. You can like the Facebook page, also called Truly Miss Podcast, or you can send us an email at trulymisspodcast at gmail.com. Please follow and rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This show can also be heard on Anchor FM. Every rating gets the show closer to a big audience, and these stories need to be heard. If you have a story that you would like to share or have any tips for any of the cases that I have already shared, please DM or email me. I focus on people of color as these stories don't get as much coverage. Hopefully, we can build this community one listener at a time. All resources for this show are listed in the show notes. Please help this family and other families get one step closer to bringing their loved one home. Boris is truly missed.